Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey guys, you're listening to the Intentionally Inspirational Marketing Talk podcast. Now for your hosts, Jason Wright and Brandy Montambo. What is going on everybody? Jason Wright here bringing you episode number 179 of the podcast. 179. And just like some of the recent episodes, this one was not recently recorded. This is a awesome podcast from, I believe, back in the summer. So sometimes I uh, record a whole bunch and then it takes months to get them all released. So if you podcast yourself, you know how it is. But um, excited to share this episode with you. I've got a great guest with me today. Uh, it's just me and the guest. We'll get into that in a few minutes, but... Um, just re-listen to it, man. Good stuff coming. Oh, oh, oh. Very good stuff coming. So um, this episode is sponsored by FunnelBuildingForProfit.com. And this is a free course that I put together. So it didn't start life as a free course, but it is uh, five and a half hours of content. You can move through. There's basically 30 modules. You can move through them in any order at your own pace. And the feedback I'm getting, people are getting huge value out of this thing. Question I get a, uh, the uh, question I hear a lot is, "This thing's free? Like, are you crazy?" But if you've ever wanted to learn more about click funnels, Facebook ads, Google Analytics, what the heck is a funnel? How does it really work? Blah blah blah, all that stuff. This is this is something for you to check out. So funnelbuildingforprofit.com. Um, people are getting great great value out of that. It's easily the most valuable thing I've ever given away. So that is this episode's podcast sponsor, and I would encourage you to check it out. So I'll tell you what, it's a little random note for you here. The podcasting journey for me has been super interesting. Uh, I was trying to figure out the other day how long I've been doing this. Um, I can't remember if it's three years or four years. It's been a while. And, um, I think about that sometimes because I see new people all the time launching podcasts and it's, uh, there's so much strategy to it now, you know, launching with, you know, 10 or 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 episodes and having all these people help promote it and give reviews. Like there's, there's great strategy with it. And I look at how I did it. That was, uh, if you've never heard episode one someday when you have 12 minutes to kill, I encourage you to listen to episode one. Cause it's like, uh, hi, I'm going to do a podcast. I don't know who I'm talking to or what I'm going to talk about. And just talking, like literally just talking to the mic with no plan. But the way that I roll with stuff is that I'm just intentional. I just take action. Uh, I get an idea and I'm like, let's try it. Let's see what happens. And I go. So that has been my journey. Uh, I do enjoy it. It is my uh, favorite way to create content, audio and video both, I guess. So anyway, little tangent for you, but um, sometimes it's fun to just be real on the mic, you know. All right, let's check out this uh, interview. Um, talk to an awesome guest. Um, Adam Sand is my my guest this week. And like I said, this was recorded a few months back, but um, really, really good podcast. Super conversational. And uh, Adam shares a crazy amount of very detailed value around Facebook ads. So check this out. What's happening, everybody? Jason Wright here. I've got another great guest with me this week. I've got Adam Sand. Let me tell you what I know about Adam. Adam is the founder of Roofing Business Partner. He is a podcast host himself, a digital marketer and course creator. Adam, welcome to the podcast, my friend. 
Hey, thank you so much, Jason. I appreciate it. It's exciting to be here. Hey, no problem at all. So, um, like I just told you before the show, I, I've been looking at you. I really like what you're doing. Uh, kind of tell us about your business, what you're doing, and, and how you got to where you are now. I'd love to hear that. Well, you know, it's, uh, I mean, I owe it a lot to podcasts like yours. I mean, I've listened to your podcast a few times and, you know, a lot of what brought me here was, you know, listening to what other people do, what works in other industries and bringing it to an industry that didn't have anybody like me um, years ago, right? Now, you know, today you can't, yeah, you could like, there's a, you know, like any industry, there's a, a roofers Facebook group and there's 50 of them. And if you go in there and say, Hey, I was thinking about running Facebook ads. Now you can't throw a shingle off the roof without hitting 14 Facebook ad guys in the head. Right. But, uh, I guess it's like six years ago now when I uh, start my roofing company with my business partner, Joe, we had, we, you know, Facebook was like, you know, being called crack book and everybody was kind of addicted to it. And it was really like, you know, it was just a really cool thing. Right. And I had some sex uh, success with uh, Facebook prior to that. Um, through another business of mine. And I thought, you know, but roofing isn't sexy. You know, how do we, how do we do Facebook marketing with a roofing company? And every, so I went out to try and hire an agency uh, to do it. Right. I talked to the people who did our Google AdWords. They said they wouldn't do it. And they said it was stupid. They're like, you don't sell roofing on Facebook. That's dumb. And so then I fired them, tried because another agency said they would do it. And then once I signed the contract with them, they were kind of like, yeah, well, you know, but we don't really think that's the best advice though. Um, we could put a little budget towards it, but we don't think that's a good idea. So then I went out in search of like one of these gurus, you know what I mean? Like you had back then you had uh, entrepreneurs on fire and internet business mastery and um, smart passive income, these uh, other podcasts, like, you know, and, and I would go out there and I'd be like, okay, well, is there any gurus that, you know, talk about Facebook ads for construction? And I couldn't find anything. Um, everybody asked and, you know, I've never heard of how to do it because there's no buy now button and there's no lead magnet, right? And so like, it's not like you, you can say, Hey, we'll replace two shingles on your roof for free. And if you like that, we'll do the whole roof. Like that's just a silly offer. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I couldn't find a guru that had done it who could like teach me and sell me a course or something. Like I could, if I was, if I was a personal trainer, thousands of courses I could buy. Um, you know, if I was a realtor or a mortgage broker or a dentist or a chiropractor, tons of courses I could buy nothing if you're in construction though. And then finally I found a course creator that, you know, was selling an ad on how to use Facebook ads. And he as well, I mean, we got in an argument on his like online chat to sell me the course. And I was like, you know, he had a webinar or whatever. And I'm like, you guys don't know how to run a real business or advertise for a real business. All it is is like online stuff where you give something away for free and then, you know, sell them an upgrade, you know, and we got, you know, we got into a bit of a debate about it. And he said, you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. I have no idea how to market for a construction company. I've never seen it done. Don't know anybody who's done it, but I can teach you how the Facebook ad platform works and then how to test your own hypothesis because you know your business and your customer better than anyone. And, uh, and so I liked that approach, you know, it was honest. And so I learned from him how to use the Facebook ad platform back when there was like the pixel was not what we have today. Like if I don't know how, where your audience is at as far as like their level, um, you know, in Facebook ad platform knowledge, but the Facebook pixel wasn't there. There was no such thing as video view ads. Um, you didn't have custom conversions yet. There was, all you really had was the ads just starting to pop up in the newsfeed at that point. Oh, wow. And, yeah. Like it was brand, like it was just moving from just the sidebar ads. They were not, it was like the big, like now ads are in the newsfeed. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 
You know what I mean? And yeah. it was a while, it was a lot of the wild, wild west. And a lot of people will say, oh, those were the good days, right? And yeah, it was a little cheaper, right? But it was also a heck of a lot harder, right? Because you didn't have the feedback that you had. You didn't have the media that you have today. You didn't have a lot of the advertising. Um, you didn't have Instagram placements or you couldn't do a lot of the things that you can do today or track and really read how your ads are actually performing like you can today. But we did the best that we could with what we had. And slowly I tested my hypothesis and got all of a sudden had some incredible results. And when I had these results, I shared it in a little like coaching course, you know, online, uh, you know, private Facebook group. And the guy who was teaching me said, Oh my gosh, those are like incredible results. Like it was 40%, uh, 40% growth. There was, you know, like huge lead, like a huge, uh, a number of leads for very low prices, like stuff that was just, you know, great, like for him to be able to put in a podcast title. Right. And so he interviewed me. And then when that happened, all these roofers started reaching out to me. Right. And they're like, Hey, so I heard your episode. What are you doing? That's so cool. Blah, blah, blah. That's neat. I want to hear about it. And I kind of just started, it was really flattering at first. So I helped a lot of people kind of for free. You know, I was just kind of like, yeah, you know, it's like, it was kind of, it just felt good for me, this guy in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada to suddenly have roofers in Texas and Hawaii and even like as far as Australia, you know, reaching out to me and saying, Hey, you know, that was cool. Can you show me? And so I started teaching people and eventually it got to the point where I kind of was helping so many people that I said, you know, what if we just create a little private group and I'll just like kind of show everybody that and you guys can just like pay me like 150 bucks or something to join it. And they did. And I would just upload videos. I would just record what I was doing and be like, this is what I did this week. Try this. And um, the, the thing that really moved me was one of my very first, I guess you'd call it students. He was a roofer working for a company. His wife was pregnant. Um, they were still renting an apartment and she didn't have a career really. And they're about, I think three or four months out from having their baby. And he was, he got caught using the company truck and trailer to do a side job. Right. And it was basically, he was using company tools to do a roof for a friend so he could put away extra cash because he was trying to save up money for a down payment on a house and they were getting pretty close. And then he got fired. So now he's got a baby a couple months away. He's got a chunk of money put away for a, a, a um, uh, you know, a down payment on a house for his family, but he has no job. Right. And so, you know, he came to me and he's like, Hey, I'm thinking of starting my own roofing company. Um, can you do the marketing? And I kind of looked at how much work I did for my company. And I kind of said, you know, for me to do this for another company, it's going to be quite a bit of money. Um, and we kind of went back and forth and he decided that he would like do this whole, like join my group thing, but he didn't have the time. Because I mean, the hardest part about being in a business is you're selling, you're implementing, you're managing, you're taxing, you're doing all these things to all of a sudden become the marketing guy too is a huge thing. And we were talking and I was like, well, what is your wife planning on doing after she has the kids? And she was going to do like eyelashes or nails out of the house or, you know, some one of those like multi-level marketing things. Mm-hmm. I was like, why don't you teach her? I mean, like she could do it. Right? It's just, it's in the computer. And so I showed her how to do it. And now He's got a company that's running tickety boo. He's they they bought he didn't have to pay an expensive agency to do it all for him. He his wife kind of does it for him as their job. But now she's also doing it for a deck and fence guy, a snow removal guy. Like she's got like five or six local contractors that he knows that she's doing ads for, and she's making just as much money as he is from home with her kid four feet away from her um, because of what I showed her. And so, you know, as I saw that develop, then I really said, you know, there's a business here. And uh 
And so I had, I, I basically split off and started what was called roofing business partner. Cause that's what I was. I was a business partner to a friend that understood the marketing and taxes and paperwork and HR and payroll and all that kind of stuff to my friend who was a technician. Right. And I don't know if anybody here has read the ebook or the e-myth, but that was kind of like, I understood where my, where my sliver was of responsibility in the company. And I saw that a lot of roofing companies are that model. They, they grow up as a roofer, they come up through the ranks, then eventually they split off, start their own subcontracting company. They work for the big names. The big names still put their name out front of the house when they're done the work, but they never get any credit. And then eventually they start to build up enough of a name with, through a few friends, referrals, maybe some stuff like a social media account. And they actually get to break free from that. Like I call it the pimp. You know what I mean? Like that yep. big company that's essentially sales and subcontractors. That's it. It's just salesmen and they subcontract to all the dummies that don't know how to do their own marketing really and don't know have the time to sell their own roofs because they're too busy putting on roofs. And I kind of brought that and it was really amazing to see how Facebook has truly empowered contractors to break free from that model because now they can represent themselves and they don't need to pay for the $45,000 front page color ad in the yellow pages or the $12,000 a week billboard um, or the 30,000 house flyer runs and the expensive commission salesman, they can actually grow incrementally starting out at $10 a day and then 40 and then a hundred and then, you know, whatever, whatever it goes to. And Absolutely. That's where we ended up is it was just an accidental business by every measure. Very nice. And are you still doing any roofing at all now? Or is it all just the, the marketing side? No, I still own my roofing company and I still run Facebook ads. I mean, we still build our business. And I mean, the thing that we, that I love most about it is that there's a lot of people in this space that, you know, do offer marketing for roofing contractors. Yep. And, uh, and that's okay. I mean, there's room for everybody really. I mean, abundance mindset, right? Yep. But the, uh, the thing that I like is that I actually understand the life. I understand what these guys are going through. And I'm doing it right alongside them in a market where we only have seven or eight months. You know what I mean? Yep, it's not like we absolutely. Have we have a weather season. We have to maximize for seven months and we have to then basically close and then reopen our business every year. But Facebook also allows us to build not just a customer base and not just allow us to advertise and generate leads, but using over time, we've learned how to create content, how to take feedback and how to, essentially what you see in like the online business world, as far as like e-commerce and digital marketing, a lot of the systems that they use, you know, we kind of put a lot of those marketing and sales automations into the, the roofing sales process that we've managed to, first of all, create a fan base. So we have really good closing ratios and people who write us our Google reviews and Facebook recommendations, they write novels. I mean, it's not just like five stars, great experience would use again. No, it's like, Blah, 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 blah. You know, and they explain this whole process to people and leave these really great reviews. But then also, um, you know, it, it's allowed us to create a business experience that's a lot more fun because we have we have a very open dialogue and communication with our customers because they're not just a lead, right? They're a fan, they're a follower. Yep. It's something I, I say a lot is uh, you know, a lot of my clients or my customers or my students in some cases, they they become friends. You know, you you, uh, you end up getting to work with people you actually really enjoy working with. And uh, I think that's going along with what you're saying. It's, it's makes everything so much more fun. Absolutely. So you may not know this about me and my audience may not either, but um, once upon a time I worked at Angie's List and actually um, sold to home service companies on the front end. And then I did account management as well. 
Mm-hmm. So I know what you're talking about, man. It's unbelievable how much money some companies will throw at quote unquote marketing. And the part that blew my mind is when I'd ask some of these guys and these gals, say, you're spending, you know, 40 grand a month. Is this, is this working for you? It always scared me. And they were like, I don't know. What oh do you, yeah. They're... What do you, what do you mean? You don't know. What does that mean? And like you said, I know how to put on the roof. But I, this isn't my thing. And I'm thinking, how do you spend that kind of money and you don't even know if it works? They, you know, the thing is that I always say is you don't get, a, you don't get an MBA on the roof, right? Yep. Like a master's of business administration. You don't get a business degree on the roof. And so what happens is it's the same path for everybody. And it's, it is evolving. But um, for by and large, it's everybody gets that has that same come up, right? Not a lot of people just walk out like I did and go and start a roofing company with another roofer and say they work in the roofing industry. Then they get, they get that um, technician mindset where they go, this guy's, you know, I'm paying me $30 an hour, $22 a bundle. And you know, he's charging me out at this much. I want to make that overhead. And then they don't know anything about what goes with that overhead. They don't have the skills to make the decisions that come with that overhead. So they go there and then really their business comes down to trying to bandaid a lot of business inefficiencies with marketing. So then they kind of camouflage spending as marketing and they treat marketing like Coke treats marketing. Like Coca-Cola doesn't measure conversions, right? Tide doesn't measure conversions, right? They're, they just look at it and say, we spent $100 million on marketing last year and sold $2 billion worth of Coca-Cola. If we spend $120 million, we should sell $2.4 billion. It's all brand awareness. Yeah, it's just gap, it's just gap measurements. That's like They use like a gap measurement marketing budgeting. They just say, oh, well, we spent this much, we made this much, so therefore... Wouldn't that be fun to have that budget? Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like market, that's marketer. That's every marketer's dreamland. And unfortunately, the industry, whether it's chiropractors and dentists or personal trainers or roofers and construction or, or tanning salons, a lot of the marketing gurus or mark, Facebook ad guys or Google ad guys or SEO guys, they're running their businesses like that. They're just kind of saying, yeah, I'll take a percentage of ad spend, right? Or they'll say, yeah, I charge this much per lead. But what we really have to do with these smaller companies is give them the tools to be what is great about a small company. A small company has a personality. It has a brand. It has a, uh, it has a, you know, almost like a person like feel, right? When you're dealing with Amazon, you're dealing with a big smiley face in the sky, right? But when you're dealing with your local plumber or dentist or roofer, you're dealing with a real person, a guy who's going to buy you know, who's going to sponsor the jerseys for the local double A midget hockey team. You know, they're going to, they're going to be buying their trucks from Western GMC in town, you know? And so that your business, when you're at that level should feel like that person, because that's who people will really want to deal with when they're buying a roof for their home. And so these marketers who treat their clients campaigns, like they're advertising for Coca-Cola, it, they're, they're really taking a lot away from what is possible and it really comes down to, you know, teaching roofers, especially teaching them how to create the kind of content, how to use the platform to give their business an identity, a persona, not just run ads for free vents or run an ad for free uh, or for 10% off roofing or early season discount or, you know, whatever, right? Financing, 0% financing, right? It's about making people want to buy you first and then wanting to know what you charge second, not giving them what you charge first. And then hopefully they'll see the value in you. Cause nobody shops like that. Nobody goes and says, Oh, I love that. Nobody goes, Oh, I love that price tag. I wonder if I love the dress. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. They walk in, oh my God, that's such a nice jacket. I wonder how much it is. Right. You got to create that experience for people through the Facebook ad platform and no other platform, not YouTube, not Google, not LinkedIn has the capability to do that because it hasn't permeated our lives in that way. Google is brain. It's, it's God. You know, people, now they, what they used to pray to God for, they ask Google, does my kid have this disease? You know, am I going to die of cancer? What is this thing? I have a headache for three days. Do I, am I have a tumor? Right. Yeah. That's Google, right? It's, it's responding to a need, right? And the Facebook platform is creating a need. It's, 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 it's answering people's, it's targeting people based on the current position they are in a buyer cycle and making sure they have the answers that they need before they even knew the question. Yep. Right. And so, I mean, that's how this whole thing kind of evolved, right? It was just creating, and these, these scripts that we use for our, our roofers videos, I mean, it, it, it's amazing how you just have to take people through a certain psychological trail and you can use the Facebook platform as far as how people are watching your videos to improve how you do your videos, how you speak in your videos, how you retain attention, and then communicate the right information at the right time in a non-salesy way so that when you decide to be salesy, the wallet just pops right out. Yep, making people aware that there is an opportunity to buy. Right. I mean, or, or, gener or creating value in things that customers don't have value in. If you go, if you today in, in your, your agency or any of, your, any of the people who are listening to this podcast, if you left this episode and went and walked up to a roofer and said, hey, I'm going to get you 142 leads for $10 to $20 a lead. Um, and all you're going to get and your offer, your special offer is going to be, you're going to give free vents away, right? To the customer. The roofer is going to think you're out of your mind. And the first thing the listener probably thought in their head was, well, how much are vents? Right? So, and it's a reasonable question. An event is about $16 and a roof needs, let's call seven or eight of them. So on a $10,000 roof is seven $16 vents, a fantastic deal in your eyes, Jason? No. No, of course not. But do you know what a roof vent does? Not really. Okay, exactly. And you might know, well, it vents the roof. Great. But what benefit is that? Well, I'll walk you through it so that you can understand why we flip these roofers perspective on this all the time. And this, this works in many, many markets because it is the evolution of the lead magnet, right? Which is what a lot of us are used to in conventional marketing learning, right? Is creating a lead magnet. Um, because a lead magnet is essentially giving you a, per, a percentage of the end intended result, right? You give free tooth whitening and then people buy their braces and their crowns and their, all that stuff, right? Um, when you go to homeowners and you tell them, and you create a video that is exciting and energetic and talks about vents, right? And you're showing people that, okay, when you rip off your roof, you've got 8,000 nails in it. Those are 8,000 holes. Your roof is made of plywood. Humidity from your house goes into your attic that humidity soaks into the holes because it can't escape the roof. That makes your plywood soft. That's what allows shingles to blow off. Also, heat builds up in your attic because the heat from the outside goes into your attic, pools up in there, causes your house to get hotter because now the attic is radiating heat into the main body of the house, so your air conditioner turns on more, which also bakes your shingles and makes them deteriorate, deteriorate faster so you lose 25% of the life of your roof. Also, in the wintertime, if you live in a climate with snow, what's going to happen is that snow is going to melt from the heat and humidity going up under your attic. It's going to go down the slope of the roof. And when it gets to the end, 
where the you know kind of overhangs, it's going to freeze, turn into ice, hang off the roof, and that's going to damage gutters and again damage the shingles, and that's again going to deteriorate the life of your roof. So by having good ventilation, you're going to make your roof last longer. You're going to reduce your air conditioning bills. You're going to prevent damage to your roof. You're going to reduce humidity in your attic. You're not going to have any sagging plywood. And then the other thing is, is where does the humidity go in the winter? It touches those new nails, which are incredibly cold, and the humidity freezes to little ice balls on those nail tips. And then the spring, it melts, and you literally have rain in your attic. And that damages your insulation, which exacerbates the problem. Year after year after year after year for 25 years, you have your shingles. So by putting these vents on, you will now save 10 to 15% of your air conditioning for the next 25 years, whatever that works out to. You're going to reduce any attic rain damage, so your heating bill is going to be lower in the wintertime. You're not going to damage your insulation. You're not going to have any costly leaks. And you're going to improve the overall energy efficiency of your home while making your shingles last longer. Do you want vents on your roof or no? Yes. Okay. How much to it, now you've anchored the value of vents to thousands of dollars, right? Over yep. the course of the life of the roof. So now next week, when I show you a video offering you free vents for all the ventilation components and a free ventilation inspection with every roof replacement quote, now you're going to go, honey, remember that video we watched the other day? Well, there's a roofing company in town. They're giving a free ventilation inspection with a re-roof quote, and they're doing free vents all July. Well, now the lead just pops in your inbox because, and it costs you seven, $16 vents, not 10% off a $12,000 roof. Very nice. You took the time to establish value and uh, you had to do a little education to create that value, but it makes a huge difference on the experience from the homeowner. Exactly. Because when you're a dentist trying to sell more, get more dental clients into your practice, you're giving away tooth whitening ultimately to get them in so that you can provide value and establish yourself as a, as the, the dentist that they want to work with. You're just giving something away. When it comes to something like roofing, people don't need two shingles replaced free. What they need is the sure-footedness of knowing that they're making a good decision because they only have to do something like this. They only pay for a deck once. They only get their driveway paved once. They only get their roof done once, right? Mm -hmm. They only get their basement finished once. So when they're looking to hire somebody like this, right? They want to make sure that they make the right decision because it's usually a huge expense. And especially in the case of something like roofing, it's not like finishing a bathroom um, or redoing the kitchen. I mean, it's the most unsexy thing ever. Nobody replaces the roof 10 years early because they wanted it to look different. I mean, they only do it when they have to. Yeah, it's not something you enjoy. Let's go enjoy the roof by staring oh, at it, you know. Exactly. They could, they'd rather buy a quad, a vacation, a new car, send their kids to college, buy braces, you know, put money in the retirement fund. Um, you know, there's a hundred other things that you're going to spend your money on before you buy a roof. You only do it because you have to. So if you have to do it, you do not want to regret it. And so that's the lead magnet. The lead magnet is making them feel empowered to make the right decision. And you use the platform that is Facebook to do it because in Canada, we had a disadvantage that people in America don't have. Um, we can't target homeowners. We could never do that. What? Yeah, we can't, we could, we couldn't pick homeowners or homeownership from the list of demographics or targeting options in Facebook. Hmm. Something I heard all about with Facebook. Well, you can target homeowners specifically, right? Which you can't do with, you know, you can't, when you send out a flyer blast, you can't do that. When you put up a billboard or pay for a radio ad or 
put something in the TV guide or the newspaper, you can't target homeowners specifically. One of the big things that was sold to me on Facebook ads was that you could put your ad in front of homeowners within specific neighborhoods. Well, then I get on there and we couldn't do it. We couldn't advertise specifically to homeowners. And so I had to get them to self-identify. And the only way I could get them to self-identify as homeowners because the other thing you have to think of is not all homeowners need to do the roof. They only do it once every 25 years. Yep. And so by putting out content that was like helping people understand roofing, we learned very quickly that the people who watched 50% of a three minute or a six minute video about roofing would only possibly be a person who's actually interested in a roof in the near future. Cause it's the last thing you're going to watch a video about when you could see Trump or a cat or dog or a car <laughs> a cat. <laughs> I mean, there's a hundred other videos you're going to watch on Facebook before yep. a roofing video. Unless you've looked up your roof last week, saw the shingles missing or your neighbor had a leak or your sister had a shingle blow off her roof. Um, and you've had some kind of zero point moment of truth where you've realized that I need to start thinking about roofing. Only then are you going to invest three minutes of your time on Facebook to watch a video. So when they came out with the video views objective, Yep. Um, and the ability to retarget custom audiences based on how much of the video they watched, that's when it just blew the doors off. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I love that, man. What, tell me, just from a high level, what are most home service contractors still doing in regards to marketing? Are, are they doing much with digital marketing at all, or what are you seeing? Uh, well, I mean, they're paying their tax to Google, but that's just, you know, that's more like just show, kind of showing up in the Me Too game. Uh, they're absolutely still using the Angie's list and the home advisors yep. um, because that's just the new pimp, right? It used yep. to be, you had to go work for the big company in town. Now you kind of work for home advisor. You pay 160 bucks to meet three other roofers on site and stab each other with a broken pool cue to see who's willing to bleed out. The <laughs> most I love you it. I mean, it's almost the new yellow pages. You know, when I was yeah. growing up, yellow pages was a big yeah, deal. Yellow pages was the thing, right? And if you were the big company, you got the full color, first page ad and then someone else called their company AAA one roofing. Yeah, so I was going to say it was always the A's because it was all alphabetical. That's yep. the SEO of, that's the SEO of 1985. Yep. Right? And there's still people uh, that still do the same thing they did 20 or 30 years ago and they can't figure out where the results have gone down. And that's why the little companies, this is the best time to start and own a roofing company ever period because the big guys, they don't, they don't know or they don't have the infrastructure or they're not lean enough to respond both from a systems and operations perspective, but also from a marketing perspective, they don't have the ability um, to easily uh, with no friction transition to this new digital marketing and democratized advertising um, world. Right. And so they have a very hard time creating an identity, right? They're scared to say, this is our process. Because uh, when you're doing a video on Facebook, one of the best videos that performs for us um, with roofers is explaining the roofing process. If I go to a big company, a, you know, $70 million roofing company, they're like, oh, you know, we got three different roofers and four different, you know, we got, th or we got 35 crews in, in, in four regions around, you know, this quarter of the state. You know, I can't guarantee that these guys are going to put a piece of plywood on the top of the air conditioner and put a tarp around it, right? They don't have the systems and operations to actually put up any kind of content that gives the customers an idea to know what they should expect and what kind of standards and expectations they can have because they would be painting themselves into a corner where they would likely fail. Yep. Little companies can actually put out their promises 
and they can grow around that and they can create a sense of, of confidence and that, that you inspire in the customer that the big company can't. And you can do it for 10 bucks a day. You don't have to buy a $40,000 color full page front ad at the beginning of the year. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm. You, can, you can do it th- this way. And now little companies are just biting at the heels of these big companies and it's driving them nuts because the guys that used to be desperate, right, can now run their own company and they can get rid of the big company and you're going to see this massive shift and nobody likes to hear it. The big companies hate when I say it, but that's because they know that it's happening. And so you're starting to see the transition. The problem is so are the digital advertisers. And so if you go like every once in a while, I'll see in these roofer groups, someone will come up and you know, they'll have a $10 ebook or whatever that they're advertising marketing. And you go and search their name in like the ClickFunnels group. And it's like three weeks ago, they were asking um, what a custom audience is or what a lookalike audience. <laughs> you're, you're speaking my language now. Um, I was telling somebody recently, I said, more than half the clients I work with are other people that supposedly do the same thing that I do. But the funny thing is, like you're saying, they're, uh, I guess, embracing that fake it till they make it idea where they say, this is what I do, but in reality, they have no idea how any of it works. So. Yeah. You're, I think that this is, I think that actually we hit peak digital marketer last year. And I, I use that term specifically because digital marketer, like the actual website, yeah. uh, they sold traffic and conversions. They sold yep. their to a large company. Oh really? Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. So now like they don't actually host tra- like digital marketer doesn't actually own the traffic and conversion summit. They sold it. Wow. Uh, and if anybody knows anything about like, when you, what do you do? You buy high or you develop, or you, sorry, you buy low or develop low and you sell high. Yep. If anybody knows where the high point is and the value of a digital marketing summit, it would be traffic and conversions, digital marketer, that, that group, right? Ryan yep. Dice, yep. They would know. Right. And we've hit the point now where, you know, when you, it's like when the whole U S uh, stock market took a dive when the strippers became real estate investors, when the nannies were coming up <laughs> going to become a, uh, when it was like when the nanny from Mexico could go to a Grant Cardone conference and be taught how you could get uh, a ninja loan and get and buy 14 rental properties and live the American dream. That was when you knew that there was too much froth. You know what I mean? Yep. And that's when everything kind of went upside down. So when, Anybody can just go take a ClickFunnels course. When, when, when you know, Brunson's advertising, you can do this with no experience. You don't know anything about computers. You don't need to know anything about marketing. You don't need to know anything about anything. You take my course and in three weeks, you're going to know how to go out there and I'm going to teach you how to get a client, how to, how to charge them $5,000 a month, right? And then they're in the ClickFunnels group. Can't I got my first client charging five grand a month. I'm doing this. I'm charging 35% ad spend. How do I do it? Yeah. I literally see those posts every day. I like that group, but I see it every day, every single day. Every single day. And then there's 187 comments. I don't even have time to spend my time doing that. And I'm not bitter or, or, because I mean, the roofing game is the exact same thing, right? You need a half ton and an air compressor and you can be a roofing company. So I'm, I play in this racket every day. We call them Chuck in a truck. Yep. Right. Um, And so, but the, but the problem is, is who ultimately suffers when there's too many Chucks in a truck? Not Chuck in a truck, the customer. Yeah. Because the customer is the one who doesn't know how to hire the roofer. And that was why I do, like in the wintertime, when, when roofers really have the time to invest in, in scaling their businesses, that's why I do the podcast and do, this, do the speaking events and try and put out a lot of free content. Because 
roofers don't even know how to properly hire and qualify um, a digital marketer for their business. And nope. it's not that I want to hurt the little guy, right? But what I don't like seeing, because I am in this business, is I don't like seeing guys who climb up on roofs, risk their lives every single day, work in 35 degrees Celsius, like whatever, 102 degree Fahrenheit heat, right? They are up at six in the morning, driving nails through their fingers every other, other day, cutting themselves up, dealing with all the interesting characters that they have to hire because the roofing industry attracts you know, a certain kind of person. Um, they're doing all that. And then guys who know nothing are coming along and saying, yeah, I'll get you leads for free and I'll just take 10% of the, of the revenue. And it's like, you want to be a 10% partner in that guy's business? You've never run a Facebook ad campaign before. And now you're going to start running this guy's, you're going to be a, you're going to start sucking 10% of this guy's 18% profit away because he doesn't know how to generate leads. I don't want the roofer to suffer. Just like I don't want the client to suffer the truck in a truck. I don't want those guys to not know how to properly qualify them. I only take on five clients a year. I don't, I don't want a hundred. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to own a big agency with 17 people working for me and three graphic designers on staff. I don't want that. Yep. But what I do want to make sure is that the people that I have really built a bond with because I am in this industry know enough to at least not be taken advantage of. Just know enough to be dangerous. Just know enough to make sure that when you ask questions, the marketers are going to know, ah, you know what, this isn't a guy that I, this is probably not the client I should take on for my first or second client. I should probably, you know, know a little bit more before I take on this client. Move on to the next guy, right? Yep. That way, these, these, these guys who are really working their tails off have a chance of building their dream business because they work way harder, way harder than any of us do in this digital marketing world, way harder. Mm -hmm. And they, they deserve to build the business of their dreams if they're willing to put in the work, respond to the leads appropriately, sell the jobs, have integrity, complete good work, stand by it. If they're willing to do all that, they deserve a digital marketer who will guide them through the process and help them build the business of their dreams. And I just want to show them how to do that. A lot of it's by teaching them the right questions to ask. Yep. I used to, uh, my first taste in business was actually in landscaping and mowing. So it's kind of the same thing, even a lower barrier for entry. I always thought that mowing and painting were the lowest barriers of entry. And, uh, you know, you just need a, you don't even need a truck to mow. You just need a car and a trunk and a mower. I mean, I've seen it all, but, uh, I'm in central Indiana and every year, as soon as it would get hot and dry out, you'd miss that first week of mowing. People would just disappear. You know, you'd see, these uh, brand new diesel trucks and trailers with three brand new mowers. I'm like, wow, there's a uh, 60 grand in debt driving around. Good luck paying for that. And uh, you know, it's, and I did for seven years. So like you're saying, you put in your work, you figure out how to do it, you know, run a business properly, but that perceived low barrier for entry for people, such a dangerous game, because here's the secret. There's no secret to success. It's persistence, it's patience, and it's, it's learning to do what you're trying to do. I mean, that's, that's mm -hmm. kind of it. So it's, uh, it's interesting to hear some of this stuff and, and kind of refreshing at the same time. I, I see the same thing. You know, people in the ClickFunnels group will, uh, I've been at this for 10 days and I'm getting frustrated because I haven't sold anything. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. 10, 10 days? I did, my, I, did, I did my first webinar and nobody showed up. Yeah. That's, yeah. You know what? Doing the first webinar is the thing to celebrate. You took that step, but sometimes people need to lower their expectations and just be happy that they took the action and learn from it, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and not be afraid to, to kind of understand that 
if you're going to start a business, any business, doesn't matter if it's digital marketing or a roofing company, don't be afraid to work your two jobs, right? Go forth and say, you know what? I'm, you don't, you don't have to sell your first client for five grand. You can sell your first client for 800 bucks and cut your teeth growing together and work your other job if you have to. But if you don't know what you're doing, don't, I mean, I just, I don't love fake it till you make it. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't do, I'm just too, I'm too authentic of a person. Like there's nothing I put out there. There's nothing I say that isn't the truth. Like, mm. have I made a million dollars? No. Am I embarrassed? Why would I be embarrassed? I don't, I don't care. I mean, to be honest, I don't care what other people think of me. People are going to judge me and you and everybody, no matter what we do or don't do. So I don't waste my time worrying about it. The fastest so, way to, the fastest way to not um, be judged is to do nothing, try nothing, attempt nothing, care for nothing, stand for nothing. That's the fastest way to do, to avoid any kind of judgment. Oh yeah. And I'm the complete opposite of all those things. So um, let me ask you this. Curious to hear this. Um, what three tips would you give our audience about Facebook ads? And just in regards to marketing in general, what are some good ideas? What should you stay away from? Um, you can kind of run with that any way you want to. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, the whole fundamental, uh, 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 the whole fundamental point of running successful Facebook ads is to build an audience, a warm audience and retarget. You are never trying to sell on the first approach. You're never trying to bang on the first date, right? You're always trying to make yourself attractive on the first date because you want to attract your customer because that's how you build value, right? So you always want to build a warm audience first with some kind of value, right? And then use Facebook's retargeting capabilities to then ask for the business. Sometimes that's two or three layers deep, right? My best leads, my $9 leads, those are three layer deep. You know what I mean? They're mm -hmm. seeing three pieces of content from me, right? Um, so that's the, the first thing is that understand that the fundamental success is in building a warm audience and then retargeting. You never just start trying to generate leads. First, you have to put out value. And that means the second thing, learn how to create quality content, right? So you have to understand what makes a good piece of content. How does it retain attention? Because the first thing you got to do is stop someone's thumb in the newsfeed. It's the first thing you got to do stop someone's thumb. They're scrolling, they're scrolling, they're scrolling. You got to stop. Then they're going to see sponsored ad. And in that fraction of a second, they're going to stop and keep going or stop and stay. And so the first two seconds are critical, right? And then you have to hold them for 15 seconds. And around that time, and I've tested this across literally at this point, hundreds of thousands of minutes worth of content around 15 seconds, they're going to, a lot of time, people are going to skip to half, see if there's anything good at halfway point and either reverse or not, but they're going to, they're going to try and see if the, what's the point, get to the point. And then they're going to decide, decide if they want to stick around for the content, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the second thing is you really got to learn what good content is. The third thing is get comfortable on video. I'm not, I'm not a beautiful dude. Okay. I have, <laughs> I have, a, great, I have a great face for podcasting, but I am on Facebook lives all the time. Every time I open my camera, I see my crooked tooth. I see my, I have one tooth that's kind of crooked. I see that whatever I got a nose. people say my glasses make me look like a child molester. You know, like I, I, I see all the things that people say stupid shit to me all the time. Pardon my language. Um, but get comfortable with being on video. 
because as uncomfortable as it might be, you will be a lot more financially comfortable if you can just get over it. The number one challenge, number one that I have with my clients is not getting them leads, is not setting up Facebook ads. You can set up Facebook ads like a rookie. If you have good content, it'll work. If a guy is comfortable on video and will produce, like will constantly try to improve, you say, listen, stop saying, hey, it's Bob here from Bob's Roofing in Pittsburgh. I wanna just tell you guys a little thing about, like that, the person's already scrolled past. It's gotta be, do you know what vents can do for your home to save you thousands of dollars? Like it has to be bang, immediate, and they have to learn how to do that because every roofer for the first 20 videos that they do is gonna go, hey guys, that's the first thing they're gonna say no matter how many times you tell them not to. So get comfortable on video, practice in front of the mirror, talk about shingling on your couch on, and put your camera up on a windowsill and get used to talking on a camera. It is the most powerful skill set that you can develop in the next five years is getting comfortable with being in front of a camera, okay? Yep. That's, that's the third thing. And the fourth thing is always be testing and improving. There is no perfect Facebook ad. Anybody who tells you that, Hey, I got this ad set. We're doing this. We're getting $9. Great. The minute you build something great, it breaks. The minute you build something great, Facebook changes something. You had a great relevance score. Now they canceled relevance score and turn it into three things. You know what I mean? Like yep. nothing, nothing is the same. Every time I do develop a course, Three months later, Facebook changes the ad platform. And then the button that I tell people to click isn't there anymore, right? Yep. So you have to always be testing, always be learning, and always be looking at the ad metrics, right? Yep. You, when you do your video, you have to go say, okay, it's been running for three, four days, right? And I put the caveat in there. Don't try and improve your ads every hour. <laughs> you know, give it a couple of days. Yep. But you have to be willing to learn how to read how your ads are doing. You can't just say, well, how many leads did I get? No. How many thumbs did you stop in the newsfeed? How many stayed to 15 seconds? How many stayed to, to 50%, 75%? What were you talking about at 50% that everybody started to drop off, right? You know, you have to learn how to read digital consumer behavior. If you go work in a car dealership, right? And, you, and if you work there for a little while, sales managers will stand and watch all the customers sitting at the desks with the, in the little cubicles. And I did this job, so I know. I can look into a room of 15 guys and I can see that when the wife grabs her purse and puts her purse strap over, I gotta jump in there because buddy has just lost the deal. It doesn't matter if husband's in there buying a truck, if mama put her purse over her shoulder, he's done. I gotta run over and rescue that deal, right? Yep, yep. I gotta find a way to get in there and solve that problem. That's understanding consumer behavior in real life. You have to take that same psychology into reading your ad metrics and go, huh, this video, I had 10,000 people reached on this, but um, when they, and, and I had, I had 5,000 people get past 15 seconds, but then I lost 98% of those people halfway. What the hell was I doing? And then go and watch your video. Go, Fuck, I got really low energy there. I started sputtering and studying the audio got bad because there was wind everywhere. And actually, I should probably not run this video. I should probably go re-record the video without on a not windy day because why waste money on a bad performing video just because you don't want to go out there and record it again. So if you do those four things, mm -hmm. right? If you do those four things, then you are going to be wildly successful beyond anybody else what they're doing. And none of it has to do with being a great Facebook ad manager. Yep. No, I think those tips are great. And I appreciate that fourth bonus tip as well. 
And you're right, man. Facebook is the one platform that changes. I swear they change something at least every two weeks, if not every week. So I never understand when people drop big money on a Facebook course because I'm thinking, is is the stuff you just learned still even there? Like, is it still an option? Because the only constant there is is change. And I agree with you. I think if, if people would just take the time to get in business manager, just learn how things work, learn what an ad objective is. I can't tell you how many times I've seen People spend tons of money on ads. They're trying to get conversions. They're running completely the wrong type of ad objective, not to mention all the other problems in the next level. But just learn how the platform works from a high level. And like you said, um, it's there's a lot of information there, but you can really um, just focus on the stuff that matters to you and, and figure out pretty quickly if things are, are going well or not going well and, and go from there. But uh, I love it, man. I love it. I think it's really, really good. People have got to get out of the instant you know, it's like the door to door salesman, somebody knocks on your door and you open the door and they're, they're into the pitch. And like, for one, there's no soliciting sign. You just walk by to come to my door. And two, I don't know your name or what you're talking about. And you're asking me to take out my wallet, like get out of here. Like that, that is not effective. You know, Meanwhile, you just bought a $75 wireless charger that looks like a tree for your bedside counter because the commercial came on in the middle of the Super Bowl off your phone. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. But if you came to the door and said, Hey, look at this. I got a $35, uh, $35 nightstand that'll wireless charge your phone. And it looks like a tree. You're like, get off my doorstep, man. Yeah. You go sit, commercial comes on, you open Facebook, man, that's a cool charger, charger yeah. thing. Tree, I'll buy it. 75 bucks. No <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But if somebody today uh, likes what you're saying, and I can't imagine that they wouldn't, and they want to learn more about you and roofing business partner, what you've got going on, uh, what would be the best way for them to get in touch with you? Uh, you know, it's, uh, I mean, obviously Facebook would uh, probably be a good start so they can find Roofing Business Partner on Facebook. They can reach out to me personally um, on Facebook and uh, otherwise just go to roofingbusinesspartner.com and, you know, start chipping away at a lot of the free stuff I give away just to try and kind of get your, get your feet wet and see if it's right for you. Awesome. Well, Adam, I really appreciated uh, you coming on today, sharing your experience and your expertise with us. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll talk again soon. Yeah, no, it was awesome. Thank you very much. Appreciate your time, your expertise, and your participation. That was uh, that was a lot of fun. So if you guys listening want to check out uh, the show notes to this episode, uh, get Adam's resources and links, you can always find our show notes by going to intentionallyinspirational.com forward slash and then the episode number. So for this episode, it'll be episode number 179. So intentionallyinspirational.com forward slash episode 179. And you will see Adam's information to get his links there as well. Um, if you guys have never given us a review, um, I don't like to ask for reviews all the time, but it'd be awesome. It'd be awesome to go to Apple Podcasts, leave a review if you like the show, um, if you like what we're trying to do here. And I'd also say if you like the content we're creating, um, our group, Facebook group, is also called Funnel Building for Profit. It is. Uh, I do lots of Facebook Lives there. So totally off the cuff. Obviously with live, there's, there's no rehearsing. You just go. So if you like what we're doing here, um, more good stuff there. So check it out. As always, I appreciate your ear. Appreciate you tuning in and listening. No video to accompany uh, this podcast, but just good old fashioned audio here. But um, appreciate you listening and we will catch you again next week with another brand new episode. Take care. Thanks for listening to another episode of the show. To keep up with everything that we're doing, please visit intentionallyinspirational.com. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out our video podcast on YouTube. See you next time.